0: Hello and welcome to the Pot Podcast, an Arsenal podcast for nerds. I'm Alex Towles, and that silence is the noted absence of Alex Collings, who is currently too busy doing university things to come on the podcast this week. In his stead, we've got two returning guests. Uh, first of all, Kieran. Hello, Kieran. Hello, hi doing? I'm pretty, pretty good, and we've got Abdul as well. Hello, Abdul. Hey man, you all right? Yeah, not too bad. So, we're gonna discuss this week the Southampton game, the PSV game that's been, and the PSV game that's to come, as well as looking ahead to Nottingham Forest this weekend. I mean, I'm gonna stop myself there, this podcast is gonna come out on Friday, the PSV games will both be in the past by the time this podcast comes out and you listen to it, but we're recording this on Wednesday, it hasn't happened yet, Uh, it's fine. Anyway. Uh let's talk about Southampton. Uh we drew one all. Um the major talking point from the game was the refereeing. Yeah, I, I don't really want to talk about it. I I get the feeling Abdul does uh just from looking at your Twitter feed.
1: <laughs> I mean, if I talk about it my head will probably blow off, so that's alright. I... We, may, we may give you space later
0: in the podcast to, to <laughs> blow off some steam. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a one-all draw. Uh, we were the better side while also never really getting going. And uh, One thing that I noticed in particular is that we'd never... In, at no point in the game did we pin them back in their own half, in their own defensive third in the way that we have been doing this season when we've been attacking really, really well. Like, it was like we'd get that shape for a couple seconds and then we'd maybe play a pass too early or, like, see a space that wasn't there and lose the ball. Uh, Or they'd just press us and we'd lose the ball. And Southampton did do a good job of disrupting our play, especially in the second half, uh, which was a pretty even game. Uh, And if you just take the second half, Southampton won because that's when they scored. Um, What did you guys make of the game? Kieran, what was your thoughts?
2: I mean, yeah, echoing what you said, I think we were the better team, especially in the first half. And I think when you look at it as a whole, we should have buried the game. We should have been able to go into half time, two goals up, potentially three. I, there weren't a lot of, of crazy clear chances, but I just think that we should have created, we, we could have created more, we could have created better chances, and we, we should have just scored a couple more. We were the dominant team. And I think, I, I think I said this last, last time I was on the pod that it was just kind of fatigue. That it feels creeping in, and it feels like it was fatigue again at the end of that Southampton game. Really, it's it, it. You know, these players have played a lot of games in quick succession. There's not been a lot of rotation, and obviously, you kind of mentioned the, the refereeing point. I've look, I, the, the referee wasn't great, but I don't think the referee is the reason we didn't win that game. I think that that is our fault, and I think you know we could have got a bit of luck with the referee, etc. You know, or or at least got some some neutral viewing in some regards i'm not saying that he was biased i just mean like there were some things like the penalty uh claim that maybe we should have got um but the referee's performance is not the reason we didn't win that game the reason we didn't win that game is because we were tired and we didn't take our chances and it's our fault at the end of the day
0: yeah i i agree with that i I think the fatigue thing is a big point that we might discuss a lot because um I actually, you'd talked about it towards the end of the game. I noticed it most like in the first 10 minutes of the game because when in our best performances this season, we have absolutely gone for the throat of teams in the first 10, 15 minutes and absolutely battered them with incredibly fast paced play. And while we did get an early goal this game, the speed of play just didn't feel anywhere near as high as it has done earlier in the seasons in our best performances. Uh, is that something you noticed as well, or am I making things up?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think what, what, it was a, long, a few years ago now, but whenever I think of us coming out the gates really quickly, I always think of that 3-0 against United, mm-hmm. um, when when I think it was Walcott, Ozil and Alexis all scored, kind of within like 15 minutes. And, and that's like the perfect coming out the gates and just doing what you can. That was, And we've been doing that this season just without scoring 3 within 20 minutes, but we've been pressing really well getting them into their own half and it sets the agenda for the game almost. you know if you go in and you pressure them and you show them that you're going to be doing this for the, at least the first half they go into the first half and then entire game plan's gone and so i think that the way we've been doing it's been really good this year and i didn't notice it that much but i'm not saying we, that's not what happened i just didn't really pick up on it it very much could have been that's what happened and if so um then yeah it's almost definitely down to fatigue because i think you know saka has played so many games for instance mm. and uh, obviously, uh, Arteta made that point about how world-class players play 60, 70 games a season when, when asked about Saka. And I, obviously, he's not wrong, but I his games against Southampton there, where, especially in that, there were moments where I just think that Saka did not need to play against PSV, I didn't think, uh, which then meant he could have played and probably been a little bit better against Southampton.
0: Yeah, and... Um... <sighs> The world class players play 60, 70 games a week. Point is kind of, it's a it's a weird one because, uh, you kind of want to look at look at Arteta and go, y- you know, that's not good, right?
2: <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's correct, but yeah, that's, that's, he's it's like he it's like he, he the way he worded it was like to be a world class player you have to play sixty seventy games. But it's almost just how it came not across. the case.
1: Yeah. Abdul, what what did you make of the Southampton game? So you were speaking about how the first 10 or so minutes wasn't as, like, rapid as uh, previous games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing, I don't know if you've noticed or what, but Hasahutu um, actually changed his formation after, like, after we scored um, because we were just finding so much space between the lines and behind. And we didn't have, like, chances in the first ten minutes, but we had, like, a lot of, like, moments where the final cross could have reached or whoever Um, so the first 10-20 minutes I thought we were pretty much dominant just not as good as say the first 20 minutes against um, Brentford for example Um, that's how I felt Um, and of course he changed information because we were just finding too much space um, in in behind Southampton Um, and then I think after about 20 or so minutes then the game started to have a bit of a lull which disappointed me because I feel we could have just pushed on because if the first two minutes was pretty good, the next 10 minutes was like, okay. Um, and then they had a period where they won like six corners in succession, which is ridiculous. And that kind of kept us pinned in for a while, but I didn't feel we were in any real danger. And then just before halftime, we started to pick it up again. I think like just had the one, two with Odegaard where the shots shot Azuni, um, and you know, if he puts that away you we know, can go into the red team a lot, it's a completely different thing. Um but yeah, I think the first of we were a much stronger team, it's just we had like a bit of a lull after twenty minutes. Um and then we picked it up again just before half time the a few decent like work do, decently worked moves. Um I think like White had a penalty shout was as well. So. so we we had good moments. Um not enough good shots, I would say. And then in the second half, uh, well, we can go into the second half a bit later, but it wasn't, it wasn't as good. Um, and one final point is that the referee, I have quite um, bitter bit of feelings towards the referee, but like Kieran said, we should have won the game anyway. Um, although my annoyance with the referee is more so down to uh, Lianko, for example, not getting a red card for grabbing Enketia by the neck. You know, that, that's where my anger really lies, rather than the penalties, because um, we should have won the game anyway. Jesus just had these chances. So, yeah. And let's touch on Gabi
0: Jesus, actually, because we've spent a lot of time on this pod, I think rightfully fawning over him and how amazing his link play has been and how much the freedom he's had in the final third for us has taken our attack to the next level. But one of the major criticisms he had at City was his perceived, uh, his his finishing underperformance. Like, he regularly underperformed his XG at City, uh, and he's come to Arsenal and done the same. Like, we can't, there's no sugarcoating it. He is currently running under his XG. It was hidden at the start of the year, because he'd score, uh, and he, he would score, but then he'd rack up chances where he'd miss, uh, and now we're getting into a run of games where he has not found the back of the net. Three league games he's not found the net in. And in this game, it was at its most stark. He had two really big chances that he probably really should have scored. Uh, Kieran, what do, you, what, what do you make of this? Is it something that we should be worried about, or are you not fussed?
2: I want to be careful here because it, it's easy to be negative after not winning a game. And I don't want this to seem kind of easy to jump on him because we didn't win the game and he didn't miss chances and things like that. But being kind of just objective, he, we've not changed how he is in front of goal. But When we bought him, we knew that he missed a lot of chances at City. Well, the reason we bought him was because of everything else that he does. So we knew that he was going to come in here. And but unless something amazing happened he was always going to miss chances and he was going to take a lot of chances to score and he's doing the same now he is underperforming I think you know depends where you look but I think he's about under I think it's like 2.5 he's underperforming at the moment um and it's he he is excellent at everything else and I don't want to take that away from him he is fantastic and everything he does for us helps the team and it makes almost almost all other 10 players better but he does well, we do need him to score goals as well. We need—I don't mind him not scoring as many as you'd want from a starting striker because of everything else he does. But he still needs, at the end of the season, to hit up a good amount of goals because Saka is blowing up in terms of goals. It seems output-wise, Martinelli's doing a lot better. But you then look at last year and you think we also had Smith Rowe who, who picked up loads. Um, the starting striker is where you're going to get your goals. In the end of the day, we do need to score. So I hope that maybe he just goes on a really good finishing run, which. Unfortunately, we've not really seen in his career. Maybe he just gets better chances. I, I don't, you know, I can't I can't suggest what's going to change or what I want to change other than I do wish he, I was more confident in him scoring more goals. Everything else is is perfect.
1: Yeah, I echo a lot of thoughts that um, Kieran said. Um, Like we knew what we were getting with them, um, Gabby. I think the issue isn't necessarily just he's not a great finisher, but more so that he doesn't quite have, a really good like strike on the ball with, like a very like a signature finish. Like if you think of the barrel, if he's if he's at a tight angle, he'll smash it like move the net or just slam it past for keeper Whereas just he, he he doesn't quite have that same power, which is a bit frustrating, but despite that like he's he's given us a lot this season his end product and also just in terms of round play. Um I think he's a fantastic football. Player. It's just I hope that he can be at least just a regular source of goals. Um, he's on a three-game drought in the league. I don't want him to ever go on a four. One thing I always hearken to is Aubameyang. Before lockdown, he never went more than three games without a goal. So he was incredibly productive, you know, between three different managers. terms um, of, you know, of scoring. And he never went more than two games, more than three games without a goal. So that's what I want from Jesus, even if he doesn't get twenty plus.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, if if he did go on an extended run without a goal, like, like if this became four, five, six. Uh, games without a goal then that's going to start affecting his confidence which is going to bleed into everything else that he does which is so good
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: in a way it's fortunate that the World Cup is around the corner so if this run of not scoring does go on much longer he's got an extended break from being in an Arsenal shirt where he can sort his head out and then come back firing in the new year but obviously we don't want to get there we want to see him banging a hat-trick against Nottingham Forest at the weekend you mentioned earlier about like his technique uh, and I, I think it, it's a weird one because we've seen him score some incredible goals like in his short time at the club like some really really great finishes but it doesn't seem to have like the consistency of technique of some really re- of the like the really really great finishes that you talked about like Aguero so I, I think like it's that consistency of technique that he's missing and at what 25 he is now 26 he's not probably not going to be able to add it to his game but yeah i, I think yeah he it would be
1: nice if he scored some goals <laughs> yeah basically um but i think he can get
2: there which is a case of him just getting into a confident groove and the fact the fact that we're even you know the fact that we have a striker where he could not score for a few games and we can just go is that a problem shows how good he is because oh, not many yeah. other strikers can go four five six games without a goal and everyone else go this is fine because he provides so much else
0: Mm, absolutely. Another player I just want to highlight quickly is uh, Asu, who got a good hour or so at left-back again before being moved over to the right-hand side uh, when Ben White got taken off for Kieran Tierney. Um, we talked last week, Kieran, about how um, Tomiyasu was very good against Liverpool, stopping Salah, and then not so good against Leeds. Um, what were your opinions on Tomiyasu at left-back this game?
2: If it's one of those two options, then not so good. I, I, I wasn't think, that... You I, can go I, somewhere in the middle if you want. That's fine. Yeah, look, like I, I think... I would argue he was better than he was at Leeds, mm-hmm. but I still wouldn't praise him. And if this was the only game where he played there, I would have still said this was a bad idea. I said before, Tierney just should should have been playing that game. Unless there was there was a, a fitness reason, but I, I didn't see anything to suggest that Tierney wasn't fit to play. Tommaso just didn't make much sense in that game, and I don't think he was great personally. Um, I, I don't have much more to say really. I just I, I worry for how long this is going to continue, and I maybe I've missed it, but I want to know why Arteta keeps playing him there. Um, I'd like I'd like someone to ask him in a presser if I haven't seen it, because I I have no doubt that he knows more about football than me, and I have no doubt that he he can field a better team across the season than me but I would like to understand why he's playing Tommy Asu there so much, because I just can't understand it right now.
1: Abdul? Uh, Liverpool game, I can say, great job. Normally, Arteta doesn't really switch up like, his team for specific games. You know, he'll, if he plays Xhaka, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Forrest, he'll do the same against Chelsea. Um, but against Liverpool, he thought, OK, I can neutralise major threat they have by playing Tommy so I'm going to play him. And before the game even started, I was like, okay, I like this. You know, He doesn't normally do this. Um, and it worked to perfection. But against Leeds, I saw and I thought, why? Now, now midweek against, I think, Bodo Glimp's way, Danny played the full 90 minutes, whereas Tommy Asu came off after 70, 80 minutes. And I didn't think much of it at the time, but the following week against PSV at home, Tierney played the full 90 minutes again, Tomiyasu came off for White, And I think as soon as he played 90 minutes against PSG, I started to worry because against Leeds, it did not work. Surely after watching the game back, he thought, okay, this doesn't work. He then makes the same mistake again, the following weekend. That frustrated life out. Then he brings Tierney on oh no, at 1-1, trying to chase the game. And I was just thinking to myself, okay, why do you need Tierney to chase the game? Like, he almost created the winning goal, <laughs> but you don't need to do this, like, you don't need to be so complicated. You Just play team in that position. Tomiyasu, he struggled coming inverted, he struggled as a rotation. Like, this entire season, what would be really good at is the fluid rotations down both flanks. You know, why sometimes overlaps, sometimes he comes inside. Zinchenko, he, he's very good as an inverted fullback, he can also go out wide, and Zhaka goes out wide sometimes or sometimes Jacquet hangs back and Zinchenko goes forward. You know, it's like, there's a lot of fluid rotations that you don't get with Thomas Um And, you know, people may say, oh, but he's he's quite good on the ball. And good on the ball, he may be, but at the end of the day, he's still a player who's right-footed, predominant. And whenever he's pressed, he wants to come inside, which makes it a lot harder because Martinetti would then be stuck out wide. And against Leeds, these were all the exact same problems we had in leads. Um and to see him do the same decision again um, against Southampton made me so frustrated. Uh, and this coming from like Tommy wasn't even bad anyway. Like that bad he was okay. It's just in the second half he struggled and we don't have that role on the left hand side. Um so it's just like, like I could literally write a whole novel about how frustrated that somebody else to play left back again. And I think, like, the last bit is, like, Zinchenko and teny they're both left-footed. So whenever they get the ball, they're going to go onto their left foot and pass to Martinelli or, wh- or whomever. So, I mean, actually he's not going to do that. Like, I don't think he passed to Martinelli much in both games. So we literally are, like, it, 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 makes, it made no sense at all, ever. And I hope to God... You know, like, it's funny, I'm hoping Zinchenko is fit more so than Tierney plays, because if he did it twice, it's very likely he'd do it against Forest. So, I just hope for the life of it that Jankos fit Forest, or that Arteta wises up and says, "Okay, Tierney, you, you you get the you get the left back slot this time."
0: So, I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm like an ITK or anything here, but like I, I think it's quite possible that Tomiyasu just got a lot of credit in the bank from a very good Liverpool performance, which earned him a couple starts in the position. Like, I don't see... Like, I... I he was really, really good. Like, I can see a world in which Arteta was like, oh, yeah, this is only going to be one thing, one game thing, and then it worked really well. He was like, all right, we'll, we'll give him a couple games. And then it didn't work against Leeds, and he was like, okay, maybe it was just one game. Maybe it'll work again against Southampton, and it hasn't worked again. Uh, so hopefully, like... The fact that it's been two bad games to one good game will now convince Arteta that it doesn't really work and he should be playing Tierney more often. Uh, But also, on the other side of it, I do think if there's one player in this entire Arsenal squad who Arteta does understand the need to manage their minutes, it's Kieran Tierney. So I don't think we're ever, ever, ever going to see Tierney playing more than, say, 100 minutes in a week like 115 in the, the week like yeah everyone at that club surely knows that tierney has broken legs and if you play him too much he will break again and arteta really doesn't want to do that uh so i imagine if arteta's just said all right we'll play tierney in europa league for example uh, and tierney's just going to play every europa league game for 90 minutes then he's never going to start a league game because he doesn't have it in his legs
1: yeah I can't lie, I hope that's not copium I'm talking, because yeah. I uh, I really hope that Tierney does play against Forrest. Mm-hmm.
0: I I think I would rather Tierney play in the league games, in the Europa League games, especially at the moment, while Zinchenko's out. Uh, yeah. But then, yeah. what, what? if we did do that, who would play at left-back in the Europa League? Because it's not going to be Tomiyasu, he's playing at right-back.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would probably say because we've we've won the we almost won the group. I don't think he should be playing T N E left back anymore in the Europa League. Like against P S V tomorrow, uh, if he plays Tierney take him off after after like an hour or something, rather than playing the full ninety. That's what I would say. Um, and then playing four Night against Forest hopefully, um, and then the last game against uh, Zurich. I don't want to see Tierney playing that game. Unless Sintchenko is like fully fit, or, Sinchen- or heck, plays Sintchenko in that game so he gets some minutes under his belt, mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be mad if Tommy Asu plays left back tomorrow.
0: Okay, would you start Tommy Asu at left back and then Cedric at right back? Is that what it? Um, oh my not, god, I
1: forgot I'm, about I'm not, Cedric. I'm not saying <laughs> I want that. I'm not saying I want that. I'm saying if Mateta did that, I wouldn't care. We just need a point, so I would. Pro- I would say I would start Tommy Asu at back-, back and Tierney left back, but take Tierney off you know after whenever whenever instead of playing in the full 90 minutes
0: see i'll be brave i'll say it i i want tomiasu to start at right back and cedric at left back because they all, all the other way around either or tomiasu and cedric starting on thursday because that means and you'll start on the weekend and that's what we all want
2: yeah that's what i want. kieran do you have thoughts uh, my thought is I completely forgot that we give Cedric money every single week. I completely <laughs> forgot that he was part of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he, you're, you're, you're gonna have to give me five minutes to digest that. Uh, he,
0: he 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 exists, and every now and again he goes in the pool with Bakaya Saka and teaches him how to swim. Yeah. That's what he is now. He, he he's paid like he's paid footballer wages to teach Bakaya Saka how to swim. And you know what? Good for him.
1: Yeah,
2: good for him. You get that back, King.
1: He's getting paid to just throw a bomb every picture.
2: I think I did see somewhere that he um he was slowly becoming a bit annoyed that he wasn't playing but he like was still hundred percent committed to Arsenal, which I kinda of looked at that and thought that's probably fair because I did actually forget that you're he employed here. So that's yeah. probably a that's probably a valid thought to have in sorry. that interview.
1: Um he said he was frustrated but like was he not injured for like two months? Yeah, that's what I'd been assuming. I, I I'd assumed he was injured. Like, if he wasn't injured and like I thought it was just like I'm not gonna play him against a PSV at home or where whatever, I just feel like like what what, what <laughs> Then has the, the, he like completely lost trust in... I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say trust him, but
2: I'm not against him as as mo- as most of the fan base are. I, I do think he's our weakest fullback. Um, and yes, I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not pushing for him to start every game. But I, I know that there are some fans that kind of really just do not like him at all. I think maybe maybe it comes from a part of. I remember kind of back like kind of late. Late tens, I think, I can't remember which season he was at Inter, but the seasons that he was at Southampton, maybe 15, 16, around that period, just a bit after, I used to look at him and want him as as the Bellerin backup. And I think that then he actually did come here and I was like, oh, I got my wish. And then he hasn't actually been that great. And I feel like I'm just (laughs) looking back at like 16 year old me and thinking, it's okay. You were right. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out that he's okay at some point. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I hope he gets minutes so that Kieran Tierney does not get minutes, so that Kieran Tierney can use his minutes to play in games that I care about. There we yeah, go. that, I'm happy to also back that. Last week, we beat PSV 1-0 uh, in another very tight 1-0 win. We beat Weeds in a very tight 1-0, and then we beat PSV in a very tight 1-0, and the
2: vibes were Similar? in 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 part yeah i think i was more content with the victory over psv than i was with leeds and i think um there was differences in that uh psv we scored late is the wrong but later than we did with with the leeds game um but i think there were kind of periods of me not being thrilled of how we were playing and i think i keep using the word fatigue and, and maybe that Maybe that just is it. I don't want to kind of suggest everything is fatigue, but it could just quite simply be that, that that these players are just going to show those in almost every game now until they get that rest, which for a lot of them they won't get if they, if they go far in the World Cup. Um, and we do have a thin squad. We're getting results, which is great. Um, but there are periods where I just... It's just something that, that we saw at the start of the season that isn't quite there. And I guess I, I'm just going to suggest it's fatigue because it, they were back-to-back games kind of seeing similar things of, of letting opposition, which all due respect we're, we are better than get chances, which they get more chances than they should have done and, and control part of the games that they shouldn't have done. Um, and maybe it's just because you can't control every single game for 90 minutes and we just have to accept that. But there were definitely periods of both games where I thought there were similarities in us not playing great.
0: Uh, Abdul, what are your thoughts on the PSV game?
1: So, miss a ridiculous amount of chances. Um, Like, Saka, Jesus, and Kets, we really should have had a for Then um, finally, you know, Granit, the best box box midfield in the world, Saka manages to score for us. Um, it, The game wasn't as fun as, like, other games. I think maybe because we but also just because the um, intensity wasn't much lower, but as to be expected in the Europa League. Um, but one thing I will say is that even in Europa League games, I think the pressing has been pretty consistent. It's just more so sort of the fact that, um, like we keep going into like a few lulls. Against PSV, there was like a low where we were just kind
2: of passing around.
1: But like I don't think the performance was bad. Well,
0: obviously, we're playing PSV again this this week. Um. By the time this reaches your ears, dear listener, uh, you'll know how the game went down, uh, if we were good, if we were bad, uh, if Ben White scored a hat-trick. Um hope so. Um, but in the world of Wednesday evening, when the game is tomorrow and we haven't played it yet, um, what are you hoping for this next game? Like, are you hoping for a similar performance to last week?
2: Just stability, maybe the wrong word, but- I don't want us to go through long periods of the game worried that we could concede and we're we're really lucky and Matt Turner is called into action. You know, almost every single time that we've played in the last few games in Europe, Turner's had a quiet kind of first half or so and then there's just been a 15-20 minute spell where he's called into action two or three times or or even if he's not had to make saves, you know, they've just gone past the post or something like that. I just want to be a bit more, a bit more concrete. I, I want us to just have an easy game we're so close to just finishing top of the group getting out of the group and, and being able to focus you know post World Cup and, and round of 32 well, round of 16 hopefully you know if we, if we finish first um, and I just want a bit of rotation as well which I know might not compete with the first point because we're going to be chopping and changing the team but there's no need for Saka to play there's no reason for Gary Jesus to play there's not much of a need for Xhaka to play, but I'll let him off because he seems to... He's the player that can play 75, 80 games a season for some reason. He's ridiculous. You know, um there's players that Marquinhos should be playing. Lukonga not been great in his last couple of games, I don't think, but should still play. This is the game where you get the players that aren't going to play much in the league, which at the moment is still the important factor because we're still trying to stay near the top and stay in the top four. Play the... You know, give players a chance that haven't had many minutes, and give them a full 90 and see how they do. And if things aren't going well, and if if that solidity that I wanted isn't there, then fine, you can bring on a couple people. But there's no need for us to play a strong team, even if it is PSV, and even if it is the toughest game potentially in our group. There's no need to play some of the, the big dogs after they've already played 15 games this season, and they're about to go to a World Cup and come back and have a ridiculously tight schedule. We need to rest them when we can.
0: There was a tweet I saw earlier this week. Uh, I apologise. I can't remember who it was by. Uh, if it was you, I do apologise. That was talking about how if we somehow mess up and lose the PSV game, we then have to win the Zurich game, which is directly before the Chelsea match. So if we don't, if we rotate over rotate in this game and then lose it, mess it up then we're going to probably have to play some of our better players in the next game to ensure that we go through and they're going to be tired for Chelsea. Are you happy to take the risk to rotate players um, knowing that if we mess up this game, we're going to have to play a stronger side than is ideal in the Zurich match?
2: Yeah, I'm happy to take that risk because I don't think that, while obviously there is a drop-off in some of the players, because you know, that's how a first-string and second-string team works, You know, no one's questioning that who's better, uh, Sakharo Marquinhos. Um, But I I still believe in those players. And I think that what you're taking away in ability, you're adding in, first of all, fitness. You know, no one's going to suggest that Marquinhos isn't fully fit for this game. If anything, he's probably lacking a bit of match sharpness, um, to to use the the football manager phrase. Um, But I think, you know, what you're you're getting out of those players is is they're willing to prove themselves. If Marquinhos or Mkhettia scores two or three goals in that game, you know, in, in the best case scenario then they have a serious stake to play in the league potentially and, and cause Arteta to think maybe I should change up this winning formula. Maybe that won't happen simply because Arteta does seem to really love sticking with the team when they win and and only changing when when is necessary. But th- that's their best way of proving themselves to him for the league, which, you know, once we get past into the new year, there's going to be less um, less cup games and there's going to be more more league games in a tighter fixture schedule. So that's when they need to prove themselves. So, any chance that they can get to the prove themselves now is going to help in the long run. So I, I, I'm happy to take that risk because I'm still confident in them to pick up the result against PSV.
1: Yeah, I would still rotate players against PSV. Um, also, mainly because we, I feel we can play a weekend lineup and still be even if we need to win. Um, and also because last week against PSV, like I think we had over twenty shots on PSV, only had four. So. I think PSU will be much tougher in this game, but I think we'll still beat them, or at least get a point against need So I don't believe that we really need to risk playing a strong lineup here when we could just rotate just a few players Before we
0: move on to looking ahead to next weekend's fixture, uh, let's do my favourite thing. Even though Alex isn't here, I still want to hear your predictions uh, for the game. Uh, It's in the past now, so by the time this podcast comes out, uh, we will already know whether or not we are right or wrong. Uh, But regardless, Kieran, what do you think the score's going to be away to PSV?
2: I have absolutely no reason for this. I have no evidence. I'm just... It was just the first scoreline that came to my head, and I'm going to say 2-1. Two, one, two, one two. Uh, To the Arsenal.
0: Good stuff.
1: Abdul. I'm going to say 1-0 to the
0: Arsenal. 1-0 to the Arsenal would be a good scoreline. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to predict a 0-0. Nil, nil. Uh, I just... I, I feel like there's a real chance that we take our foot off the gas in an attacking sense, and it's a really boring stodgy game uh where we can stop psv from doing anything but also not really do anything ourselves i can very much see a world in which that happens so i'm going to go with a nil nil board draw because we're too tired to attack competently as long as it's not a loss as long as it's not a loss Our final topic of discussion for this week is next weekend's fixture against Nottingham Forest. Now, Forest are bottom of the table. They have nine points from 12 games. That's two wins and three draws. Uh, Though one of those wins was against Liverpool, though I don't know how much... Uh, good we can take from that. Uh, Forest are probably known this season as the team that swapped their entire squad over in their promotion from the Championship to the Premier League. They brought in like so many good players, a lot of which are analytics darlings, um, others of which are just Premier League experience like Checo Kuyate. It's a squad that very obviously isn't gelling yet as you can tell by the fact they are currently at the foot of the table um but they've shown glimpses of being an actually competent football team and steve cooper the manager is very highly regarded so this could be a deceptively tricky game um kieran what are your thoughts on the upcoming forest match
2: i backed forest to stay up uh, and I think I used the word comfortably at the start of the season, which obviously right now isn't looking great. Mm. And so, whether it's just because I'm I'm holding on to the fact that I might still be right, or whether it's because I do actually still like what they're doing, I still think they they're they're a, a team that can cause problems. Um, they're not a team that should be causing us many problems right now. This is a chance after the Southampton game, um, before the Chelsea game, a chance for us just to coast through. You know. We we can and we should potentially put two or three past them and hopefully without much reply back. Uh, it, it depends on who they play. Obviously, they've got a lot of new players and, and some we haven't even seen much of yet, at least in the league. Um, but they they have some really strong players in there. I still think Freddy Johnson is great, and I think that he's he should glimpses of what he can do at times. Um, and overall, I do like their team. And again, maybe it's just because I I backed them to stay up, and I want that to continue but they potentially will cause us problems at times, since it's the Premier League, there is not a single game, unless you're Manchester City, where you won't you won't have any issues, but this isn't a game where I'm worried that we're going to drop points, and if we do, it's completely our fault.
0: Abdul, uh, what are your thoughts on Nottingham Forest, and feel free to say you don't have
1: any. <laughs> um, so, obviously their window is like well documented, um, and some of the some of the signings I think made quite a lot of sense. Like uh, Nico Williams, he's been impressive. Um, I like uh, Morgan Gibbs why I criticise the signing mostly because I didn't feel they had a real plan for him. But it seems like they do in terms of the way they utilize him. But then I also find the Lincoln signing confusing as well because he's on two hundred k a week on a one-year deal, and they also signed Robert yeah. White. I, I, I don't million. think
0: Lingard is actually on 200k a week. I think that was widely reported and then shot down, but no I one know. saw it get I shot know. down. Oh no, yeah,
1: that, yeah you're <laughs> right. You're actually right, yeah. I remember I remember somebody saying, no, he's not on 200k. So, okay. Taking that side, or taking that away, um, I did find some of the, the signings confusing, like, Kuyate, didn't really like that signing. Um, but, I do have some sympathy for them in the sense that they had a similar problem with Aston Villa when they got promoted in the sense that a lot of their players, Villa in this case, um, had contracts running out the summer that they got promoted and they weren't really expecting to get promoted, Aston Villa. They just went on a good run with Grealish being influential and then boom. Mm -hmm. boom, Um, And similar with Forrest because they were actually really poor at the start of last season. Then Cooper came in way up the table to the point where a second was a possibility until, like, the penultimate game. So, in a way, it's a bit of a hindrance to them, the fact that they weren't really planning to get promoted. You know, like it, like, it didn't feel as if it was, like, a gradual progression. You know, year in, year out, and temperature is very wacky. Sometimes you'll see, like, Reading be in the playoffs, and then the next year, they never run a Something like that. So, they had quite a hectic period, and, like, Maybe they got promoted at like the the craziest period because they probably would have thought, okay, if you don't get promoted this year, next year we will we'll be ready. But that wasn't the case. They got promoted now. They have to build a family League squad in like three months, and that's they've kind of got there. It's just the fact that their squad just can't gel yet, and they made a few questionable signings here or there. But um, I don't think they're a bad team. I just think. The Premier League is such a massive step up in the championship. And um, they perhaps are not quite ready for that yet. But they were very impressive. They were very impressive against Liverpool. Um, and I don't think we take this game lightly because, you know, you look at um, our one-year, uh, Brennan Johnson, Gibbs-White, they're all players who are very good in transition. And that's the only way they'll be able to play against us on the break. So we need to be very... Uh, efficient on the ball, don't give them, you know, transitions. Don't give them easy um, counter attacks. And if we don't do, if we are good in terms of con- controlling the transitions, I think we'll be comfortable in this game because um, we'll definitely create plenty of chances against them. It's just a matter of taking them. So I think we can win this game quite comfortably if we are on it.
0: Yeah, I- I'm not gonna lie, I don't know anything about forest like obviously i know about their transfer window but like in terms of how they play i know basically nothing i definitely have watched at least one forest match this season but i remember nothing about it i think it was like a really bad one like against one of the other teams that are down there being bad i can't remember which one i get that yeah yeah that's that's how much i know about forest the game i watched of them i don't even know who it was against um but i (laughs) agree that they could very easily pose a threat because on paper like a lot of the guys they signed are quite good like you've got the likes of taiwan ni uh you've got brandon johnson there uh emmanuel dennis was a what like almost he either was he was very nearly a 15 goal a season striker in the premier league literally last year like they've got some good players and that's obviously added to a core with the likes of Brennan Johnson, uh, Ryan Yates, who are very, very good players in their own right. Um, so, Forest have all the ingredients to be a good football team. Whether they are a good football team right now, I don't know. I don't know. Ask someone who watches them. Uh, they did get absolutely pasted by City, though, earlier in the year. So, like, I think if we're going to play like the City light that we have done at sometimes this season... Like, we could absolutely paste them because they got absolutely pasted by City. We'll see. Um, Let's quickly do a prediction for the game because I don't think anyone else has any other opinions on the game. Uh, I'll go first this time. Uh, I think we're going to win 2-1 against Forest. That sounds about right. Uh, Kieran, what do you think?
2: I said 2-1 before, so I'll go a bit better. Um, I would say... 3-0 3-0 or 1 I don't know 3-1 No sorry I have two Arsenal players in my fantasy in defense I have Wayne Saliba so I'm saying 3-0 three 3-0 nil.
0: Three nil. okay Abdul
2: I'm going to say 3-0 to the
0: Arsenal 3-0 to the Arsenal what a shout what a very very good shout um and yeah we'll leave it there so thanks very much to Kieran and Abdul for coming on the pod thanks for joining us Thanks for joining me, making it so I'm not having to sit here alone making a podcast about Arsenal. I think I'd only be able to make about two seconds of pod. Uh, Kieran, if people want to find you, where can they find you?
2: Uh, I think I said last time I don't use it much, but you know, if, I'll give what the fans want, and what I mean by that is my tweet will get ten likes, and and that's it. But it's it's X Kieran C I A R A N, and then underscore. Uh, that's where you find me. So,
0: um Yeah. Go on Twitter. And then also while you're there, find Abdul. Abdul, what's your Twitter?
1: My Twitter is at Flamini Esther. So it's just basically Flamini and Esther. So like Flamini <laughs> and Iniesta, just combine it and you you know you'll you'll see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And while you're on Twitter, after following Kieran and Abdul, go to the tweet that announced this podcast uh, and just reply to it saying, good luck, Alex, uh, to wish Alex Collings luck with his uni work, uh, because then people who have not listened to the podcast would not have any idea why it says good luck, Alex, under the episode, and it will confuse them, and they'll have to listen to the episode to find out what's going on, and that personally would amuse me uh speaking of which we are on twitter at pot shot pod and if you want to find me on twitter for whatever reason uh you can do so at alex towels um make sure you subscribe to the pod uh, we will be releasing, continuing to release weekly episodes up until the World Cup and then probably after the World Cup as well. Uh, so please do subscribe so you don't miss an episode in whatever podcast platform you like. Our music is made by the wonderful James Blake. He is at JW Blake, and because he's bored, he just started a new YouTube channel where he's going to be chronicling himself making a new album so if you want to know what it's like to make an album go and follow jw blake on youtube as well as on all the good music platforms uh, and finally thank you very much to you for listening i hope you enjoyed uh, it's been a lovely time uh, we will be back next week for a look back on the forest game and a look ahead to the big scary one against chelsea cheers see you then